Welcome to the Dirty Water Podcast, episode 16. Today is November 12th, and I lied to you last week when I said we were going to be back in studio this week. Had some scheduling difficulties, reasons why we couldn't all get together, but I'm here to bring you everything from Schmidt's Masters Preview to Chris and I's NFL Week 10 picks. Um, let's start with the recap here. Starting with NCAA football, Chris had a great week. Uh, he was 4-1 and one with his one loss being the Georgia game. I was 3-2, and two, losing both Michigan and Georgia as well. Uh, on the NFL side of the house, Chris didn't have a fantastic week, but he did have a better week than me. He went 7-7, seven and seven and I went 5-9. and nine. Been on a little bit of a skid recently. I was uh, less than 500 last week, too, so I really got to turn it around here. But I do love my picks this week, so um, we'll see if we can turn it around. On the season, Chris is 67-66-2, half a game above 500, and I am 64-69-2. Last two weeks have dropped me below 500. I really got to get things in gear here. Before we get into those NFL picks... Uh, we want to get you some Masters coverage. It's a huge week, biggest week in golf. Normally, you'll find it in April, but COVID is crazy. And this year, we have the Masters in November. So I'm sure you'll see a lot of commentary all over the weekend about Azalea's not blooming, about uh, how the course may be different now than in the spring. Um, so it's definitely different than usual. But uh, you know, we have some of the same contenders that we've seen all season long playing, right? And, and uh, again, shout out Schmidt. He writes for Roto Grinders, Matt Schmidt. Uh, you can find his full article with more detailed breakdown than what I will give you here at rotogrinders.com. Again, search Matt Schmidt or uh, what's the title of this? Masters Odds, Predictions, and Picks at Online Sportbooks. Um, so again, shout out Matt Schmidt. Let's get into uh, some of his commentary here. I'll give you just the kind of uh, spark notes version of what he says. Um, before we get into his analytics, let's just cover kind of, hey, who, who's playing? Who are the major uh, contenders? Who do you want to look out for? Um, we'll start with Bryson DeChambeau. He's the odds on betting favorite. Um, he is a plus 800 before the tournament started. Obviously, it's now Thursday evening, so they have played around. This will give us some uh, interesting opportunity to look at those picks that Matt made and uh, analyze how they're doing after. Uh, obviously, just the first round, still a lot of golf to play, but uh, we'll, we'll give some perspective on that. So the top guys uh, going into the weekend, betting odds-wise, is Bryson DeChambeau at plus 800, Dustin Johnson plus 950, John Rahm plus 1,000, Rory McIlroy plus 1,400, Justin Thomas plus 1,400, Xander Shoffley plus 1600, Kepka plus 1600, uh, Cantlay and Watson are at 2500 and 2800, respectively. Patrick Reed and Ty- Tri- Tyrell Hatton are at plus 3000, Tony Finau 3300, Colin Morikawa at 3500, and the one, the only Tiger Woods at 3700. So those are your top, you know, 12 or so guys um, on the leaderboard. Let's get into a little bit of, of who uh, Schmidt likes and who Schmidt does not like. Now, we'll start with the does not like. And I actually, I think I, I brought this up the last time when we covered US Open and Schmidt was on, but I have never been a huge fan of betting on Tiger Woods. Why? Not because I don't think he's a good golfer or don't like him. I actually really do like the guy, obviously. He's so tough not to root for, but 
Um, just because I think Vegas knows that people love betting on Tiger Woods. And when Vegas knows people love betting on Tiger Woods, it gouge you in the odds. Um, now, surprisingly, plus 3,700 to me is not that bad. Um, but, but just by policy, I feel like Vegas always gives you uh, worse odds than what you actually deserve on Tiger Woods. So I'm laying off of him here. Uh, and Schmidto actually writes in his article a few reasons why he's doing the same. So let's get to a couple people that Schmidt does like. Um, first and foremost, uh, he kind of has this, this strategized by, you know, of the top guys, who do you want to take? Of the middle tier guys, who do you want to take? And then a couple long shots. So off the top, he does think that this course favors um, Bryson DeChambeau's play style. Uh, he hits the ball so long off the tee. Um, just a little like fact check after this round. DeChambeau is averaging, I think, 334 yards on his – drives which is just crazy um so he's hitting the ball really well um and, and he thinks he he stands a decent chance of, of taking this tournament and he should be the favorite however he doesn't love the odds on him at plus 850 he said earlier in the year you could get him at a lot lot less than that and that's what he did so he is not personally putting in a, a beck um bryson but he does agree he should be the favorite now a little you know fast forward to today matt wrote this article on sunday or monday um, Bryson did have some trouble controlling the ball. Uh, he missed quite a few fairways, found himself in the, in the forest and the azaleas. Um, so he's not, you know, top 10 right now. Uh, so probably a good pick, not putting money on him, but we'll see, you know, he's got the length to turn it around for sure with a good weekend. Um, so let's jump to the other people that Schmidt does like first and foremost, Rory McIlroy is, um, the guy who he particularly likes here in that kind of upper to mid-tier echelon, right? Um, Rory's odds were plus 1,300, um, and he is currently sitting at even. Uh, the leader after today was at minus 7, um, so even will put Rory tied for 51st. Um, so not great, not the upper half, but again, a lot of golf to be played. Even is not a terrible spot to be sitting after uh, the first day. Next is Bubba Watson. Uh, he really likes Bubba Watson in, in that mid-tier range uh, at plus 2,800. Quick check-in on him after today's round. He is sitting at plus one. So again, about where Rory is within striking distance, but you know, certainly not a, a commanding leader right now. Um, it is worth noting also a little side note that they did have a rain delay. So not all the pairings finished their 18 today. So some people will be playing in the morning. Bubba Watson is among those people as is Rory. Bubba is through 11. Rory is through nine at the end of today. Um, that rain delay just you know, basically ran out of sunlight, couldn't finish their round. So they will finish this 18 tomorrow morning. Um, let's see. Next pick that he likes is Cameron Champ. Um, Cameron is uh, definitely a long shot, sitting at plus 1,100. So um, really, really good odds there. Or Sorry, 11,000. Um, three zeros on the end of that guy. So he's, he's a, definitely a long shot, and he did have a pretty good day. So good pick on Schmidt's part. He's tied for 21st, sitting at minus two. He's through nine, so he's got nine to play in the morning as well. But two under through half the course is pretty good. Puts him on pace for minus four through the first round, which would tie him for fifth. So great pick, especially at plus 11,000 for Schmidt. Um, and then Kim, who is a real, real long shot at plus 15,000. Um, 
And same thing there. He's also sitting at minus two after the first day. So props to Schmidt. Uh, however, he did finish the day. So it's not like he's on pace for minus four. Uh, to finish his round, he was able to get all 18 in today because he went off early, um, and he, but he's minus two, sitting at tied for 21st, certainly within striking distance. Um, so those are his four main picks. Uh, really, really like how those two underdogs are performing. Shout out Matt Schmidt. Again, find his article on Roto Grinder. All right, let's get to some NFL football per usual. Despite me and Chris not being in the studio together, We've still got a full slate of games for you, full slate of picks for you. It is NFL Week 10. We start tonight, Thursday, November 12th. Tips off in about an hour. Um, Colts are at Titans. This is an awesome game, divisional game for the AFC. Um, Titans are right now in control of this division. If they win this game, you would think it's really, really tough for them not to win the division. Uh, the Colts, if they win this game, really even things up, I believe, and uh, you know, take away that hope that the Titans have of securing this division here. So Colts at Titans, it is a pick 'em. Um Chris's strategy, if you guys know, is is two point dogs or less, or three point what less than a three point dog on the road, smash the dog every time. So he's gonna go with the Colts. However, I'm taking the Titans. Um, I know the Titans, you know, within the last couple of weeks had, you know, a bad loss to the Bengals, but I, I think the running game is too good with Derrick Henry. I think AJ Brown, Corey Davis, some of those receivers in the Titans are very good. Um, and plus again, close games with Phil Rivers. I just don't trust them. Um, I don't think the Colts defense, which is very good, is good enough to keep all the offensive weapons the Titans have down. I like the Titans at home in a pickup. Okay, 1 o'clock slate on Sunday, Texans at Browns. Browns are a minus three-point favorite. Once again, Chris and I have different picks. Um, He has the Titans on the road. Uh, This doesn't quite play into his less-than-three-point dog, but uh, it is a three-point dog, so maybe that's that's about why he's picking. His theory is always that Vegas gives the home team three points by default. so in his eyes, this should be more of a pick He's going to take the three points. I'm going to take the Browns. I think Nick Chubb – well, I know Nick Chubb is coming back off IR, so him and Kareem Hunt uh, are going to return to that dual threat backfield that was so effective, led the league in rushing yards early in the season before Nick Chubb got hurt. No signals at all that Nick Chubb should be limited in any fashion. Obviously, the Browns don't have Odell Beckham Jr. from an injury that uh, – I think an ACL injury that took him out for the season a few weeks ago. Um, but I still like the Browns here. I think the, the Texans defense just is not going to be able to stop that run game. Um, and when needed, you know, Baker can still throw that ball to Jarvis Landry. He's got, you know, uh, Peoples Jones, a couple, couple other, maybe Pink Peoples Jones on the Bengals. I don't know. He's got a couple other weapons he can use uh, in the air if he needs to. But I think that running game for the Browns is really what's going to set them apart here. So I've got the Browns. Chris has the Texans. Next game, Washington Football Club, or as Chris likes to call them, the Washington Kettleballers at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Chris and I are in consensus here on the Lions. Um, Personally, I just kind of lost faith in the football team last week when they were going up against the Giants. It seemed like a very winnable game, and if the the football team was going to have a shot at the division, they needed to win that game. They did not. 
Um, so after getting burned by them last week on my pick is more of a, a, you know, petty little thing on my end, but I'm going against them this week. Um, taking the lions. I just don't think the Washington's offense can really get it done. Um, the lions are looking good. Matt Stafford is able to throw that ball. Deandre Swift is looking better by the day. Um, I just, I just like the lions offense more than I like the, the Washington offense there. Um, let's go to the next game here. Jaguars at the green Bay Packers. Packers are 13 and a half point favorites. Um, honestly, I I really think even at home, this is a bigger spread than I expected, but I'm still going to take the Packers. Now the logic would normally tell you, you know, if you have a spread in mind for a game, you see a line that's bigger than that. You should, you know, take the underdog, but I don't know something about this. The, the Packers have looked so good. Their defense has really started stepping up in recent weeks. Aaron Jones is back and healthy. Aaron Rodgers can freaking sling the ball. Um, Devontae Adams is playing well. I think they're getting Alan Lazard back, who should be a clear number two wide receiver for them. So I like the Packers here. Um, the Jaguars are just you know struggling. When Minshew didn't play that last week, they did not look good. The only bright spot on that team really seems to be James Robinson. Um, a young young running back who is showing some potential there, but not enough to keep them in this game, in my opinion, or in Chris's. Uh, we're taking pack minus 13 and a half. All right, NFC East rivalry matchup. Eagles and Giants. Eagles are on the road at the Giants. The Giants are three and a half point underdogs. I am going to take the Giants. Uh, disagreeing with Chris. Chris is on the Eagles. I, listen, I do think that the Eagles will probably end up winning this division. I don't see how anyone else can do it. But I think the Giants not only stand a chance of covering three and a half, but actually winning this game. They, they've been frisky. Their defense is better than it gets credit for. Um, it's just about which Carson Wentz we see show up. If it's the Carson Wentz that was, you know, an MVP caliber player when you know early on his his career, it'll be the Eagles. And if if it's the Carson Wentz we've seen a few times this season where he throws three interceptions. It'll be the Giants. So uh, should be a good game to watch despite two teams that are not fantastic. Um, again, I'm going Giants plus three and a half. Chris is going Eagles minus three and a half. All right, Bucks at Panthers. Panthers are five and a half point underdogs at home. I am going to disagree with Chris again on this one. He's on the Bucks. Um, I don't know what his logic is. He didn't send me that this week, but I'm assuming it's a big bounce back game for, for him because the Bucks looked absolutely abysmal against the saints it was really not a good showing for them uh however on the flip side you know the panthers i think have been a frisky team all season uh, i know frisky is a generic like like strange word to use but they have kept in so many close games down to the wire all the way back to their their game versus the chiefs i, I think that that you know teddy bridgewater had a hell of a week last week i really think they're they're starting to figure it out um, McCaffrey is out this week. That is an important note. Um, but the Panthers have been playing better, you know, win loss wise without it. Um, now I will say they probably didn't go up against as great of teams, um, while he was out, but that, losing McCaffrey as important as, as he is, uh, you know, you know, top fantasy running back by, by all accounts, they've looked fine as a team without him. Um, so I don't, I, I like the Panthers to keep this one close. I'm on Panthers plus five and a half. He's on bucks minus five and a half. All right, Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are minus five and a half, five at home, not five and a half. Um, both Chris and I are on the Broncos. My thought here is that just the Broncos defense keeps it close. The Raiders have played quite a few close games recently, almost lost to the Chargers last week. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't have that many more thoughts. I can name players and talk about stuff, but really what, what it comes down to is the Broncos defense keeping it close. All right, next one. The Chargers are at the Dolphins. Dolphins are minus two at home. Now, there's two important storylines, I think, to mention here for this game. So the Chargers have just been losing in heartbreaking fashion. Just absolutely heartbreaking fashion. They had a touchdown to win it at the end of the game last week, and the guy bobbled it as he was going out of bounds. It was initially called a catch, turned over. Um, And it seems like every week that happens where the Chargers are within, you know, striking distance sometimes even up and just lose at the last possible second so heartbreaking and the other side is the dolphins who i think are are a good team this year surprisingly i I can't believe i'm saying that maybe not like a great team but they're a good team they're going to make the playoffs and that defense has been very very productive uh in, in terms of generating turnovers and scoring touchdowns even on defense so i like the dolphins here at minus two this fits in perfectly to chris's uh, under three-point underdog theory, so I know that's why he's taking the Chargers at plus two. Uh, again, just he thinks that Vegas gives you three points, so the actual better team is the Chargers here. Um, I just don't see it. Uh, the, the Chargers' offense has been pretty potent, but uh, they have been letting up a lot of points. I think the Dolphins' defense can keep them down here. Okay, next game. One of the best games of the week, top matchups. We got actually the next two teams, uh, two games are – Top 10 teams going at each other. Uh, Bills at Cardinals. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I'm sorry, two-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. Um, And the Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, Both Chris and I are going to take the Bills. This fits perfectly into Chris's strategy of the less-than-three-point dogs. Um, For me, it's just that that I like the Bills. They finally came out and, you know, I – joked them last week and picked against them for not having like a signature win versus a good team. And they finally pulled it off. I think the bills are turning the ship around. Not that they were ever really like losing that much, but you know, they certainly didn't show us potential to be a super bowl contender team or an AFC contender until uh, last week. And I think they're going to ride that momentum and get a win here. So I'm taking them two and a half point underdogs. Honestly, like a little sprinkle on the money line. Uh, And I like the over in that game. The Cardinals certainly know how to score points. They certainly know how to let up points. And the Bills put up, you know, 45 or something last week. So uh, they certainly know how to score as well. I like the over here. All right, Seahawks at Rams, another great matchup. Uh, Both Chris and I are taking the Seahawks. This again fits into his three uh, three point, less than a three-point dog. Uh, They are point and a half underdog at the Rams. Um you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it just comes down to the fact that the Seahawks have done it. I know they do find themselves in close games uh, frequently, but they typically find a way to win those games. Um, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like those guys are phenomenal on offense. Uh, if they're in a spot where they need, you know, 50 yards to get a field goal at the end of the game or, or score for a touchdown in the fourth quarter to late, I really like, you know, I, I like – Russell Wilson more than I like Jared Goff to get that done. So I'm taking the Seahawks. Chris is riding that as well. All righty. 49ers at Saints. Saints are nine and nine and a half point favorites at home. This line also seemed a little big to me. I know that Garoppolo is hurt for the 49ers and they have not looked that good. And the Saints are coming off a very big win. Um, a, a domination over the Bucks, really. Um, but I'm still hitting the Saints. I, I thought it would be a little tighter than this. If it was over 10 points, I'd probably go 49ers. Um, but the 49ers have looked like a shell of themselves. Their running game isn't what it once was. 
with uh, Raheem Mostert, who's still out, likely to come back after their bye week. Um, but yeah, the Saints are good. Michael Thomas is back. Um, Alvin Kamara has been playing well. Drew Brees shut up some of the haters last week. So um, I've got the Saints by ten here. Chris does as well. We'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I, I, you know, I think the Saints are going to walk away with a win. Be surprised if they didn't. But nine and a half is an interesting cover. Um, okay, let's go to my Pittsburgh Steelers at home minus seven against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is coming into town. Um, Steelers coming off a, you know, as a Steelers fan, I'll, I'll say it, a bad game. Bad game versus Cowboys. It should not have been that close. We shouldn't have had to come back. Should never have been down. Um, and I really think that they're going to get a yell and two in the locker room this week and turn it around here. I think the defense, honestly, I'm scared for Joe Burrow. Like, I'm, I'm scared for him. His offensive line is so bad, and our defensive line is so good. I think TJ Watt sacks Joe Burrow two to three times this game. I think it's going to be ugly. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball like they have versus other teams versus us. Um, I don't honestly love the way our offense looked. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to like run up the score here. I just think they're going to keep Bengals to a very low-scoring game. Chris disagrees, however. His pick is for the Bengals plus seven. All right, two games left here. Sunday night football, Ravens at the Patriots. Chris and I are both on the Ravens here. I just the, – the Pats almost lost to the Jets, the goddamn Jets. I don't know what else there is to say. If you're going to compete at the level that the Jets are going to compete, you're not going to stay within seven of a team like the goddamn Ravens, who look great. Uh, I, I told you they were my mega lock last week. I should have said that at the beginning of the recap. My mega, super, ultra, triple, take out a mortgage on the house – Put everything on the the Ravens last week. They, you know, covered and covered by ten points. Um, so, well, money in the pocket for you there. If you listen to me, uh, I'm also on the Ravens this week. Not in the same, you know, throw the house on it kind of fashion. Because I do think Bill Belichick is a wild card and can really turn things around. Um, but the way the Pats have been playing, just does not look inspired. Does not look like they want to win. Does not look like they're going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, how much do they have left to play for? I don't know. Um, I'm taking the Ravens minus seven. Defense and running game, just too good. All right, last game of the week, the Vikings at the Bears. Bears are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home versus the Vikings. This line surprised me, and, and it surprised me in a way that I'm taking the Bears. I really thought they were going to be favorites despite losing last week. I'd think the Bears, you know, I have no reason to think that the Vikings are that much better than the Bears. The Bears are at home in Chicago. They love playing in Chicago. Um, the run defense is pretty good. We'll see how that stacks up against the very good running offense with Dalvin Cook of the Vikings. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. I, I can't bet on, you know, Kirk Cousins when it matters. Spotlights are on in Chicago. Soldier Field, I just I don't see him getting the job done. I'm taking the Bears as dogs, uh, thinking about putting a little money line on that guy as well. All right, lightning fast episode 16. Um, we'll see uh, We'll see how we're feeling next week. I don't know if we're going to be back in person or not, where we get me and Chris on, but hope you enjoy our picks. Hope you watch the Masters. What a great weekend of sports we have coming up. This was Billy. November 12th, episode 16 of the Dirty Water Podcast. Thanks, guys.